life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Printing money, those two. They right. make so much fucking money just tips because they're like hey somebody gave me a 20 dollars to play a country song if you don't want to hear a country song it's gonna cost you 25 so naturally everybody's like fuck that 30 dollars play pearl jam on the piano i just sat in amazement in their tip jar just filled i'm like god damn it printing money dueling pianos man yeah yeah although i lost 20 bucks for my country music (laughs) Pick up your mics. Let's you're you're coming cruises though, right, bud? Yeah, we yeah, were yeah. talking about that. After you work for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of it. Ooh, you were booking cruises? Yeah, g- g- Drake was. Oh, Drake we, was doing cruises. Oh, I, I thought you were them, booking yeah. them with your, for Drake. No, 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 no. It did sound like that. I was like, did, were you booking them? I thought he was booking <laughs> no. This is, so, this no. is going to be awkward. <laughs> after he, <laughs> I think you owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> Stand in line, Drake. Stand in line. Everybody know what we're doing today? Yes. Yes. Okay. I always have to ask that because nobody. Is there any re- special format or any language restrictions or what do we? No, just be okay. funny. Okay. And it's really conversational. All right. So, um, I have my few questions I have to ask if it goes nowhere, <laughs> but that, that rarely happens. Drake, first question. No. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Drake. <laughs> to you. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Road Stories Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano, part of the All Things Comedy Network. Check out what's going on over there. Um, if you haven't listened to the Al Madrigal episode of the show, uh, it was a lot of fun. You should you should go back and check it out. And I think it's video on Daily Motion too. So if you want to see what I actually look like, um, you can go on to Daily Motion. It's weird. You ever do that? You ever listen to like radio and then you see the person, and you're like, oh, that doesn't look like anybody. Never it's never the same. There, there's Mark and Brian who are out here forever, mm-hmm. and I would listen to them, and I was convinced Mark had one voice and Brian had the other voice. So every time I saw him with a different voice come out of their mouth, that freaked me out. It, it was funny because when I was growing up as a kid, there was a radio station back in Detroit called WNIC, and my mom used to listen to this guy from 8 to midnight every day, and his name was Alan Allman. Mm-hmm. And Alan Allman had a show called Pillow Talk. He was this very deep kind of voice, yeah, Alan Allman, Pillow Talk. How is your mother and, listening and, to? <laughs> right? As she was masturbating. And uh, she doesn't want to tell the other part. Um, but it was funny because at that time, there was no internet, and, and nobody knew what this guy Alan Allman looked like. And, you know, paper clips, you know, there'd be these leaks of, like, you know, him in the paper, like, blurred, like, almost like Bigfoot. Foot, like you never knew and you know then you found out like he was this ugly guy you know what I mean and then it was weird because another guy took over for him and tried to be the Alan Allman of the station and had like another kind of like nut name like you know like what cashew or what like seriously oh, really? and yeah 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 and it just bombed pretty quickly but I remember when we were kids I remember because I always wanted to be like a DJ for one of the top 40 stations mm-hmm. like that was the gig right, right. and I just remember there was a woman that worked for a really big top 40 station. Her name was Lisa Lisa. And she was this very kind of like, hey, everybody, Lisa Lisa, party, party, party. And then like months later, she was gone. Never heard from her again. And then I remember tuning in a different station, like kind of a just a, a slow jazz station. She's like, hello, guys, this is Lisa White. And it was just like, that was Lisa Lisa from <laughs> the crazy WHYT station that has now become a different person. <laughs> Because she's getting paid from another show and has to tone it down. Oh, yeah. It's always funny like that. 
I remember Dr. Johnny Fever used to be Dr. Johnny uh, Sunshine before WKRP. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know Dr. Johnny Sunshine. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, and then he had like three different doctor names. Wasn't that always funny too? Because when you were a kid, my WKRP references never work. Even I, in the I, club. I, oh, come on. <laughs> I actually think. I, I also think WKRP. If you talk about, if you look at like overall top TV theme show songs, mm-hmm. that ranks up there for me. I mean, like that—that's a show that you watch. You're like, oh my god, I want to move to Cincinnati and become a DJ. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Then you get to Cincinnati. You're like, I want to get the fuck out of Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, Cincinnati. And not a fun maybe place. the DJ thing's not happening. Did you know that uh, the ending song to WKRP? It's like it's it's all gibberish. It's just you can't understand the words, and it's just like this loud rock and roll song. And I looked it up, and the guy who wrote that song, because growing up I was like, I can't understand the words. What is he? Went to a bar in the Papadana. I can't understand it. Looked it up. It turned out that the guy wrote the scratch, wrote the wrote the song, and just gibberish the scratch vocals like this is what it's going to be when i write words it's you know we'll have and the producer's like no this is great just leave it like that <laughs> so it's that just, was at the end of wkp yeah because yeah. the beginning you could the understand. beginning was the whole yeah, yeah sure yeah and then i'll say it right now it opened up <laughs> it opened up on that fountain right yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god cincinnati looks so great and yeah. then you get to cincinnati and it's then, not great. And wasn't the reference to the mayor being caught with his pants down a reference to... Uh, well, Jerry Springer was Jerry the mayor. Springer. Yes, it was a reference sure. to Jerry Springer. Wrote a check. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so he got caught. <laughs> you know who I just met for the first time? I, I was doing... Uh, I was working on this new Dr. Drew show, and I met... Not a new show, but an audience show now. And I met the executive producer, who I immediately knew from years ago as a kid. Does this name ring a bell to you guys? His name was Bert Dubrow. Does that name sound familiar at all? Mm-mm. Bert Dubrow, like 25 years ago when I was a kid, he was the creator and kind of co-executive producer of the Sally Jesse Raphael show. So that's just hours of watching Sally Jesse, and you would see... I would you would see him see kind of name? like yes, and I just remember him. And he was part of like getting Jerry Springer off the ground. Like he was kind of a pioneer, like sure. years and years ago. <laughs> and I just remember that name. And when you, you're finally meeting the guy, you're like, oh my god, I used to watch. Why Sally the hell Jesse are you Raphael. watching Sally Jesse Raphael as a kid? I mean, I'm a, <laughs> even at, that's <laughs> well, listen, my I point. I wasn't into sports or girls back then, so well, I was just like, I'm just gonna watch. Neither was I. He was tackling the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, yeah. Took on the issue. you're right. I was very concerned about the issues. <laughs> but it was funny back back then when you're talking about like people see how you look and all that stuff. Like I remember, it, did, did you guys ever have like DJs come to your high school? Like if you guys had the most votes on something, like two people from the radio station would come to your high school and have a pizza party or whatever, and like they get on the microphone in the auditorium. They'd you be got like, Oprah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oprah came out, <laughs> and they would grab the microphone. They go and like you would be so excited that these two people, you know what I mean? Legends. No. Well, I can't believe you reference that guy as a pioneer. Bertie Brown. Which, which, uh, no. <laughs> he brought a Springer. Pioneer. <laughs> in like the trash talk. You know what I yes, mean? So sure. Great. Springer's still on the air, like 25. Yeah, he does. Listen, I don't I don't know if you believe in hell or not, but if there is one, fucking Springer has yeah. got a section all to himself. <laughs> I just think that guy's the worst. Well, I'm sure like like years ago, you know, remember when there were the fights, like we're all you yeah. know, this, that, and the other thing. It, and it's so funny because I had a friend like years ago that worked on the original, original Ricky Lake show when it was out in New York. Oh, you must have lost the, your mind. Oh, my God. Can you imagine <laughs> The childhood that? memories of that. And apparently this this was – and you've, hear, you've heard this <laughs> multiple times, whether it was people going on Maury or Springer. Like everything is first rate you know, for the guests when mm. they come out. Like they're picked up in a limo. They're brought to the hotel. They're brought out to dinner. Like all of this stuff, right? And then the funny thing was – once the show ends and they need to go to the airport, they walk outside and there's a super shuttle. 
Like all of the first class treatment just sure, ends, sure. Yeah. and it's now you're sharing this bus with four other people. Get your ass out! <laughs> and a lot of these people have never flown on an airplane before. Mm-hmm. They don't have an ID. They they show up with you know just some random high school yearbook to prove who they are. It's so <laughs> they really have no sense of traveling. Do you or have anything. any ID? Yeah, page forty-seven of, <laughs> page 47. Sun, of Sunset Shadows. <laughs> I was in the penny saver not too long ago (laughs) promoting my dry cleaning business. It was bad. Oh, man. So Um, that was eight minutes on Jerry Springer. (laughs) 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 On Sally Jesse Raphael. Uh, I was the one who told her to wear the red glasses. (laughs) uh, You guys have to bear with me. I'm just getting over being sick. I got got it really bad. I, I had allergies. And then my wife's like, are you sure you're not sick? Are you sure? And I'm like, no, it's allergies. Are you sure you're not sick? And I got sick, and I got the giant, you t- I told you so. So I'm just getting over that. I was so sick yesterday, I recorded a podcast, and I forgot to turn on the microphone. The whole time? The whole time. Lost, good, lost good stuff. Good stuff. Lost the whole thing. I haven't even told the guys yet. I have oh, to call them after this. <laughs> I saw it, and I saw it, and we're like 45 minutes in, and I'm like, oh, shit. See that there's no level out. Yeah, and I just went, all right, guys, thanks for coming. That was a good show. <laughs> All right, yeah, it'll be going up tomorrow. Now I gotta, I gotta call him after this and say I lost the file. Oh <laughs> so, no! But the good thing is, I'm working in <laughs> Vegas with the same guy this week. Oh, he's gonna be at the Trop. I'm gonna be at the Improv. So he's gonna come. He doesn't know this yet, but he's gonna come over and re-record it. <laughs> but, but, but we talked about this. Uh, off air before and I, I don't know if this ever happened but like when you're in Vegas like there's eight shows going on there's the improv there's Tropicana there's Brad Garrison there's all these clubs mm-hmm. when you get to town like you realize all of your friends are somewhere in Vegas right, right. And it's always the same thing like let's hang out let's meet up let's go grab lunch and then it's like Saturday afternoon Sunday like you don't want to go to them they don't want to go to you <laughs> yeah. and then it just becomes like ah fuck it I'll see him in LA and then you never see him in LA <laughs> right, right, it's right. like yeah it was so funny because like there were times in Vegas I was just like oh we should meet up and I was like I didn't even hang out with you in LA. Like, why am I going to drive? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like it's driving two miles from like my house to your house. I mean, getting from one casino to the next. I mean, that's just a train. I know. It's like I, uh, I'm a big poker player, and the World Series is going on this week. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll go play some smaller games at the Rio. And I'm like, oh, that's a fucking haul. Yeah, <laughs> it's only a mile a mile and a half away, maybe. But with all the traffic on the strip, and it's like, I probably won't make it. Yeah, I I, I turn into like literally an old man. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah, I don't feel like leaving the room. I just yeah. like it's not worth it. Plus, I have kids, and my p- listeners have heard about this. I just want to be alone. Right. Right. Like my wife. My wife always. I always drive. My wife's. Why do you drive? Why don't you just fly? I'm like that is four hours. Oh, yeah. That you can just. I just. And mellow, I, then you know what that's? That's two podcasts. Right. Oh yeah, a, that's a never not funny and a, and a rock solid, and I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's easy. Just crank that out. And it's just all. It's just all to myself, man. Just that's all timing though with the drive from LA to Vegas because if you drive sometimes it's you know six seven hours. Danny Viapondo and I drove back from Vegas one time and it was after Memorial Day weekend. Oh, the worst! He, it was so funny because he wrote to me. He's like, "Can I pick you up at five a.m.?" And I was like, "You could pick me up at three a.m. Like, let's <laughs> right. get the hell out of here." Yeah, because yeah. I worked I worked in Vegas one time with Ralphie and we were supposed to leave out. We had a show Sunday and then Monday was Memorial Day and Ralphie wanted to go out that Sunday night and just get hammered right and we literally were walking back into the hotel room at 7 a.m drunk as shit as everybody else is pulling their luggage out to the car Mm. and i'm like i'm so envious of you people (laughs) now i gotta go up to the room try to sleep off this hangover and now at one o'clock hit all the traffic that's going south the sun beating down on you like just miserable like a fucking burger king heat lamp right on you yeah oh no listen i got it down to a science i leave tuesday i'm gonna drop my kid off at preschool Got my bags in the car, so I'll leave around 10.30. Perfect. Miss all the traffic. Sunday night, 
My listeners have heard this a thousand times. I apologize. Sunday night before, I'm not sure if I have one or two shows on Sunday now. One. Oh. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, okay. Sunday night. Sunday's one. I go to the valet guy. I give him 10 bucks. I go, hey, can you have my car here at 9.05, please? And he'll have it at 9.05. At 9.10, I'm on the 15. I'm, yeah. ho- I'm home oh. by 1 o'clock. Yeah, you move pretty quickly then. Yeah. yeah, I avoid all that traffic. I made the mistake. I, I, did, I left on Memorial Day one time. My parents... <laughs> my parents who decided this was going to be the weekend they were going to come see me in Los Angeles for the first time. I'm like, actually, I'm working. I wasn't even working in Las Vegas. I was working in Mesquite, Pat Wilson's old room. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so dragon. that's that's about what? An hour other side of Vegas? Yeah. It's Not quite an hour. hour. Yeah. And so it was Memorial Day weekend or whatever, and we got in the car to come back on that Monday, and it was nine hours to get home <laughs> with my parents in the car oh. after... I had bombed the night before nah. in front of them. <laughs> that was the, the longest worst. car ride of my right. life. And let me tell you something about my dad in traffic. They closed down the left lane of the Long Island Expressway in like 1987, and he's still talking about it. <laughs> so this was a nightmare right. of a ride home, man. And it, it was just that because I don't know, like the 15 is just you can just see yeah. for miles. It was at... Clark, what was that old comic's name? Who had that joke about uh, Anthony Clark? Physics. Anthony Clark had that joke about his, his town was so flat he could watch his dog run away for three days. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way the fifteen is. You can just yeah. see it go into the horizon, and it was just bumper to bumper. It was yeah. the worst. We made that drive. I, I drove. I tried to pull that ride. Cause I'm not as good as driving at night as I used to be. Mm-hmm. And I tried to drive from Phoenix back to LA one night after a show, and that's brutal. I mean, how it long just is Phoenix to LA? Six, I've never driven that. Six oh, okay. hours. Yeah, and it's just like you're pretty motivated for the first couple. You're like, wow, I'm moving and grooving, and this, right. that, and the other thing. And then I don't know. Two hours in, I'm like, yeah, I probably should have stayed at the hotel. I do, what's the one down in the corner of uh, Nevada and Arizona and California? There's a, Laughlin. Laughlin. Driving yeah, yeah. From Laughlin. Did that one in the middle of the night. How was that? It was great until I realized I hadn't checked the gas. <laughs> oh man! And you don't know. Rookie there mistake. Is, rookie mistake. There's nothing out nothing. there. Nothing. Yeah. And you're just hoping something shows up, or you're just going to be there in the middle of the night. Because I only drive at night. Okay. Things. I just I can't I can't do the daytime and uh, finally come up to something. I mean, if it's that close to like I'm gonna be found here in the, in the, in the desert, I mean, <laughs> the skeleton of Drake with him. Oh, by the way, joining me today <laughs> <laughs> is Bert Dubrow and Sally Jesse Raphael <laughs> to talk about talk shows back in '73. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Cannon and Drake with him join us. Gary's Gary's back. I haven't had Gary on in a long time. It's been a long time. I was here with Stephen Lee last time. Yeah, Steve Mazon and, yep. and the mighty Lee Levine. Yes. Oh, the, the three and yeah. Drake with him has never been on. Which First is funny because I thought you had here. met before through Steve. But and no. again, how long have you lived in town? Uh, 10 years, a little more than 10. Yeah, I'm well over a decade. We've never met. No. Everybody says the comedy community is so small. Isn't it crazy? Nothing. It I met PJ Walsh it's, for the first time so on a. Small. It's the size of my bedroom when I get home. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that tiny. <laughs> like, oh, I can, I'm on the road. I'm at home. I could go out or I could just chill for a night. Yeah. But see, so so you're you're home a lot more now because of the kids and and you know right. your your work with time. Do you miss being on the road? I miss it at times, but there's definitely parts where you don't. You don't miss it all. I mean, the just the the hassle of getting in and where am I going to stay and am I dealing with a with a swamp cooler in Arizona? Is the air conditioning right. or uh, you know the guy the the club owner that's trying to impress you and he says reach under the seat and there's a gun. 
yeah. under there. Jeez. That happened. This guy told, really? he pulls it out. This guy in New Mexico. Uh, Russ Revis? Russ Revis, ah. yeah. He's gone under there, and he, and he makes he implies that he has mob connections, which has happened at two. He, what did he say? He told us that he uh, had an impact on the gubernatorial race Russ in Revis New Mexico. I was, I was shocked to hear him say the word gubernatorial. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's the, there's two clubs. There's another club in Milwaukee where they also strongly imply that they are connected to the mob. The uh, JDs, which is by the strip club, or is it, there's one at the there's one. It's where, it, what town? I'm sorry. This is Milwaukee. Oh, okay. I don't work in Milwaukee. JDs Comedy Cafe, and the name may have changed, but that was uh, that was one where all the security guards had guns. Nice. Just to you know, just in case, and they like to just kind of do that, show you like lift up the coat and just show you there's a piece there. Dude, I'll take that. I'll take a, <laughs> I'll take a doorman with a with a. Freaking... But you don't want a whole the whole like everyone had them. There was like six of like. It was like Sons of Anarchy was coming in that <laughs> night to the show. They were ready for that. Everyone had it was. It's a comedy club, right? We're just doing jokes. <laughs> well, what about uh, um, the old one in Jersey and Orange and East Orange got shut down for questionable bookkeeping? <laughs> oh, it did? Yeah, yeah. The old uh, oh, it's famous. I forget the name of it. It's blanking and blanking on the time. Yeah, but maybe questionable a f- bookkeeping, possibly a front because there was that one in Ohio. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm from Jersey. There's there's no mafia. Yeah, why do they do that though? I lived in Rhode Island for a while, and they all were love to pretend they were in the mafia. It's the people who pretend they're in the mafia aren't in the mafia, right? It's the people you don't know. Sure. Like I had a guy two blocks away from us had a like a, a tennis court and a swimming pool, and his construction uh, truck never left the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. Spotless the whole time. Oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, what's going on? Plus, my dad was the preacher, so a lot of people came to confession. So <laughs> I, I, heard a lot of, I heard a lot of stuff. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though? You work the road, too. You see this all the time. Like, the security guys that are the big guys and you feel the safest with are the most useless security guys ever. Right. Like, they just won't do anything. Because I know in Vegas, there's this little tiny woman. Her name is Maria, and she works oh, the door. I love Maria. She's great. Like, she works the door. Like, she just reminds me, reminds you of, like, your aunt or whatever. And I remember there were these guys just shouting. And I, I said to the manager, I was like, what the hell? I mean, there's no security here. And he's like, Maria will take care of it. And I was like, Maria? <laughs> like, I just saw Maria. And no, nonetheless, I look out there and Maria's right behind those guys. Listen, guys, if I hear this again, and I was like, holy shit, Maria's not taking yeah. any shit from anybody. Yeah. And it's always those big guys that are 400 pounds yeah. that are just like doing nothing. And Maria's like four, eight. Yeah. She's a little tiny. I pissed her off last time I was there. I you forgot did? about this. Yeah, because I walk out. And I look out in the crowd. There's like two guys to the left. There's a group of six. There's like five guys in the back. And I'm like, who sat this place? You know, just yeah. riffing on that. And and Carl, the manager, is like, uh, Maria's really mad. You should probably yeah, go don't... apologize to her. Oh, because like, she oh, said Yeah, I'm like, oh, man, I was just kidding. I didn't. So I went up. I gave her a big hug. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. And now she now she loves me. It is funny. Uh, that, that, that those, There was a uh, security guy in Ontario who I loved. His name was Gibbs. Remember Gibbs from years ago? No. This guy was one big son of a bitch. And like you never – like I, you always felt comfortable like if shit went down. Right. And I remember I was about to go on stage <laughs> – this is no bullshit. I'm about to go on stage and there's, you know, that green room in the back that you lead to the stage. I remember, and I remember there's people talking and I looked over and Gibbs was at the side of me, head down in his arms, snoring. Like, <laughs> nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared. And it's like, really? Like, I mean, it's just like, like a sleeping bear was just 
didn't give a shit. I remember I got so pissed off one time at a club, and there was just a rowdy drunk crowd. A rowdy, and I and I was I was middling, and I think I was supposed to do a half hour, and I ended up pulling the cord at like fifteen. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. like I was just done. I couldn't do anything. Right. And I remember, you know, the comedy clubs. I don't know if they still do this anymore, but they still like to say, "Hey, don't." If you're having problems, here's our code word. Right? Yeah, yeah, can yeah, we yeah. get Bob on the phone or give me a cup of coffee? You could or... use some coffee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. So he's like, <laughs> sounds real natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I remember like the code was like, you know, get this table some coffee or whatever. And so I'm like, hey, all right, can we get this table some coffee? Nothing. <laughs> can we get this table? Get this fucking table. Where's the fucking manager? <laughs> just like they were nowhere to be found. And these guys were like getting up ready to fight. And, and so I'm just like, I'm like done. Dropped the mic and the left. And then the headliner, who's a Don Barnhart, uh-huh. who yeah. will, I've never seen the guy do go short on his time. He did about a half hour and walked off. I, I've worked with some people. I remember when I was working with Mitch Vatel one time, and there was a uh, guy just heckling the shit out of him mm-hmm. in Fort Lauderdale. And there was a security guy right in back of him folding his arms, just laughing. <laughs> like, like just laughing. <laughs> and then I ended up getting somebody else, like, like a manager, and I said, hey, you got to do something. This guy's got to jump in. And the manager's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It's his first day. He's not really familiar with kind of what – and I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, isn't that the first thing you guys kind of talk about? Like, he's unfamiliar with this. It's not like there's a fire right. and he's not trained in firefighting. Like, this is what there's he a does. fire and he's still just there laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, a like, comedy club. I'm supposed to laugh. Literally, he literally had his arms folded just laughing, enjoying it. And then, like, I would think the minute he was brought in as a security guy, it's like, hey, if there's any bullshit – you kick him out. Like, yeah. why is that you learn three weeks in? You know what I mean? It's right. like, I don't give a shit if it's his first hour. Hey, don't rush you know him. I mean? Don't rush him. Don't man. rush. Like, yeah. ease into. Yeah. Don't be a hero. Don't, don't be, be a hero. hero. <laughs> I worked in. That's what uh, happened to the last guy? You're talking about uh, the codes. I worked in the, the Comedy Cave in Calgary, and they have a code there, too. And that's when someone throws a bottle at you, <laughs> and it breaks on the wall behind you. Then the staff starts to kind of look around. And then if you plead from the stage, then they'll come up and remove the guy. Imagine my shock when he was reseated 15 minutes later in the front. He threw a glass at me on and the stage. They reseated him? And they brought him back up. Because what, what happened is he'd gone, he, it was one of those things where he's just ripping, uh, he's heckling everybody. And the first guy was pretty good. And he goes through mm-hmm. all the things you can do and things, shame him and all the things you try to do to deal with a heckler. And he does a, a good job, but he's, he's exhausted those, those lines. <laughs> <laughs> the middle guy goes up and he's got really nothing and he's just trying to go through his act and ignore him and it's not working it screws up the show right i go up last and it's this little tiny stage i mean it's one of those stages if you fall off it you're in no danger of being injured and he's like two feet away and i just kind of tilt my body away from him i start doing jokes and he starts in right away and i just lean in and i say shut the fuck up no one wants to hear from you and i and i stop and i go back <laughs> and i start doing jokes Pounding, pound. they they they're loving it because they're sure. they just want to see a they're show. A show now, finally. and that's when I just hear behind me a, a glass or a bottle. I think it was a glass, just smash Jeez. behind me. And I turn, I'm and I'm shocked, right? Sure. And I'm waiting to, yeah. for like just there's got to be like bouncers jumping, just bounding over <laughs> tables at this point, right? Ready to <laughs> save me, and I pick up the glass, and uh, the owner comes up, and he walks up, and he, and he comes up to me, and he says. Uh, let it go, my friend. <laughs> I'm like, all right, because I worked with this guy a lot. So right. Okay, maybe he knows him. I don't know all the details. Fine, I'll just power through. It makes it a, for a very weird show, but yeah, we get yeah, through yeah. it because at this point, all they want to see. I'm not saying I handled that the best way, 
But once someone has already played with him and he hasn't figured out that he's not supposed to be part of the sure. show, and then he's ruined the second act, like, I'm just going to try to cut it off at the beginning. So, like, 20 minutes later, they walk, he walks back up the aisle. So, tr- of course, the entire crowd just turns and shifts. and looks, They're not even looking at me. They don't even see me. They just want to see what this fight is. So then I hold up the glass. I'm like, what the fuck does it take to get thrown out of this club? <laughs> right. And I'm, that's when the owner's like, let it go, my friend. And he takes the glass. And afterwards, he said, well, he had a really big tap. Oh, yeah. So just keep, keep feeding him drinks. Yeah. And then I talked to him. I said, why didn't you call the police? And he said, the police always escalate things. Which it was like, as a club owner, I was like, okay, I can kind of see that point. But still, don't bring him back in. Yeah. And then he ended up stealing like uh, <laughs> someone's jacket that worked at the club. And I was like, see, man, this guy's just an asshole. Get him, get him out of the club. Now he's probably the booking manager. Right. He's the booking <laughs> agent for that club. Right. Um, Let it go. <laughs> Let it go, and my Other friend. than all that, I mean, it was actually wasn't a bad show. Because people just, you know... You always get asked about heckling, right? right and it, and right. it does happen, and you learn skills to deal with it, but it doesn't happen as often as no, not really. people yeah. think. Yeah. You know, they, they, people act like, oh, it must happen. Like, everyone's just there to yell at you. And it, it, people don't understand that there's <clears throat> different kinds of hecklers, too. There's not just the asshole. There's this, the, the guy I call the supportive heckler. You know, who's after every joke. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's funny. That's right. I remember sitting in the back of the club one time, and, one, and it wasn't me. It was to some other comic and one guy's. He wouldn't laugh. This is his response to every joke. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. That'll work. That'll do. That'll do. And you just realize that these guys are really, like, we take it for granted because we go from town to town like a traveling circus, but, like, this is a big night out for these people. Oh, you know yeah. I mean, to spend 20 bucks on a ticket and a two-drink minimum and, you know, park, and, like, it's a big deal. Right. And they're excited to do something. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, you don't want to take away the excitement from them and enjoying the show, but you also don't want, you know, the prick who just yells out, Fuck you. I was I was with Lachlan Patterson one time up in Seattle and I was just getting heckled a ton and trying to shut him down. It was working. Sometimes it wasn't. He's like, bring up Lachlan, bring up Lachlan. So finally Lachlan gets up there and there's no better feeling than when the next guy starts getting heckled and shit. Because right. yeah. you're like, he's not really a Lachlan fan. He's just being a dick. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's always that it's always that feeling too of like you ever go to a road gig like with a bunch of guys and like four guys ate it and then the fifth guy was like, oh, they were pretty good. And you're like, no, you're just, you're bullshit. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. It's always like, no, you did badly too, but you're thinking that you did. You know what I mean? Right. But it was almost like the minute Lachlan started getting heckled, I was like, perfect. Like I didn't want him <laughs> yeah. to get heckled, but like, and then they eventually threw the guy out. But I was like, it, when you think it's on you personally that you're like, man, am I that bad? Yeah, yeah. And then he starts getting heckled. You're like, Okay, he just is miserable. He's a miserable guy, and they're just kicking him out eventually. Right. It's really funny. Well, it's like watching a guy bomb. You don't like to see it, but you still like to see him work and oh, yeah. see how a guy handles it and, and deals with it. That's fascinating to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can see a guy do his act over and over, but if, you, if he's got to put every comedy muscle to work to figure out how to deal with this guy and how to get out of the situation... It's not necessarily going to be pretty, but it's fun to watch. <laughs> right. It's always fun just to kind of initially see how they're yeah. going to... Yeah, especially like if I'm featuring somewhere and then whoever's going up next, I was like, this is going to be interesting. Like, I, I did my 16 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, you got an hour up there. Like, <laughs> yeah. You earn your 250 tonight. Oh, you know what I mean? You- like, <laughs> it, it's so funny. I always... I work with Steve Byrne a lot. Uh-huh. And I always bust Steve's balls because... Uh, I always bust Steve's balls about him selling tickets or not selling tickets. Right. And it's so funny because every time like Steve goes into a club, this is what I make fun of him about. Like, there's always an issue. It's like, like, like he'll get to the club and be like, I know it's light, but like, 
87 miles away, there's a carnival going on. Most <laughs> people are up there this weekend. And like, we'll get to the next club. You're not going to believe this, but you know, 130 miles, there's a food tasting and it's really affecting our business. It's just like, no, there's just nobody here. You know what I mean? Like they try to make you feel better. And the truth is Joe Barton, has a funny story where he was in Hartford one time and they were just kissing his ass. And then, you know, they're like, go numbers were good. Numbers were good. And then, then he left. And then like, he later heard that they were just shitting on him. Like, you know, all the numbers were bad. Like they, they, they don't want any confrontation. Right, and they want to tell you too, like when you get there, like no, don't worry. This is you know this 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 weekend, like you know three weeks before Thanksgiving is always slow, you know, or this this weekend in December is always slow. And then the minute you leave, they're like, fuck that guy, because <laughs> they're just they don't want conversation. It's the same thing with with a club manager who will tell you, you know, once you leave there, it's like we want to get you back. You know, when can we have you? When can sure. we this? When can we that? And call me, and then you try to call him, and then there's never a response. There's never, <laughs> never. You know, it's always my favorite line. Is is always when a booker says, "Send me your avails," and it's like, "Why don't you just tell me what you have?" Yeah, yeah. And we'll just end this whole charade of back and yeah. forth nonsense. Right. You know what I mean, like, what weeks do you have available? Like, what, what do you mean, send me? You know, that's I'm if, open. <laughs> that's if you can get them. When I remember when you first start out, and you call, and they're always in a meeting. Like you, you run a comedy club. How many <laughs> meetings the meeting? are there? <laughs> it's funny. Cash Levy and I had a funny story. We were talking about like when, when a booker will call or you'll, they'll say, send your avails. And you're like wide open for like eight months straight. But you don't want to put like, hey, I'm available March through November. Right. What do you got? So you're like, okay, third week of March. And you got to like play it out the right <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But then you're like, oh, that's crazy. That's the week we're booked. And they're like, well, well, no, I actually do have the second week of March. You know what I mean? But you have to play it up like, you know, make it look spotty. I'll try to move some things. Around. <laughs> I always used to do that where, like, when I was trying to book warm up work, I would be like, like, they'd be like on the fence about hiring me. I'd be like, guys, listen, I, I, I'm in talks right now with a big corporate gig in Atlanta. Like, we need to make a decision quick. Yeah. Like, you know, then they'd be like, yeah, just book the corporate gig then. I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, listen, let, let's slow down. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not a fan of this corporation. Um, I hate Atlanta. Yeah. So yeah. let's, okay, turn that down. Like, they're calling your bluff. They're like, we've seen your schedule, asshole. We know. There's no corporate gang in Atlanta. <laughs> Is there any like violent? Uh, you said you did cruise ships for like a year straight, right? Yeah, not quite. I was uh, never like out for more than two weeks at a time, but right. like back for a week and then back out. Um, violent, you know, kind of the aggressive. No glass like, throwing. The worst show the worst ever is getting thrown off a ship. I guess that's got to be. Right. Yeah, the worst show I ever had was on a ship where uh, you know you get these gigs and it was like you got to have to have five different shows. Is what mm-hmm. I thought. Um, no, no, they said you need two different shows. You do one twice. You do the other one three times. And I get on and I do the first show. It goes great. The second show goes great. Different material. The second night, I'm like, okay, I'll do the first show once. The second second show twice, and I'm like two minutes in and no nothing. Like, how many of you guys were at the first show? How many were at the second show? <laughs> like, I now have to do three 30-minute shows, and they've heard pretty much everything. I right, have. right. So you, so you do that. And, and then by the third show, I just was out of it. They were calling out my punchlines. <laughs> they were openly heckling, heckling me. A guy says, you work for us. <laughs> <laughs> that really is my favorite And it was also that. so early into doing the cruise ships mm-hmm. that I'm like, and you need the money. I mean, it's a horrible gig, but the money's good, so you need it. Like oh, I don't want any, I don't want any complaints. Right. So instead of defending myself, I'm just up there just taking it. <laughs> For 30 minutes, and uh, people were leaving. At one point, there were so many people leaving that I asked if it was a uh, 
what are they? I said, did someone call abandoned ship? Because that many people <laughs> walked out of the showroom. <laughs> um, which also got me in trouble for even using that phrase. Oh, wow, I bet. And then, uh, yeah, after it was, that was the worst. I hid in my cabin for like 24 hours after that just to let all those passengers get off. And still to this day on, uh, on uh, YouTube pages, there's references to that show. Oh, really? Yeah, they got one of my Ferguson clips up there, and then it says below that, it's like, sorry, I saw this guy bomb on a cruise. He's Are terrible. you serious? Yes. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. That is the worst. And about you're YouTube. like, what, what am I going to do? Write like a nine-page thing on how well it was the fifth show I had to do, and it was awful. Hmm. I mean, they're calling out your punchlines. So people actually found you after the fact and wrote that on. Tracked your... me down to wow. just. I mean, it was it was historically bad. I mean, I remember leaving <laughs> that show and just doing a big bow, like just dramatically, like I know how bad this was, but I'm going to just act like it was the best <laughs> ever. People, talk, I mean, the crew was talking about it for a couple days. Because isn't that the problem with, with those ships is that you get like a couple of complaints and that's like the, have you done cruises before? No, I don't do cruises. I've never done them, but I, I just, I, I've known that if you get a couple of complaints, I don't know how, you, you, you only need right? one. I did Carnival, and, the, and the, they put that fear in that you can't say anything wrong. And I, right. and I learned this because we, we were supposed to go to one town. And there was a hurricane. We went to another town. And the town was like some small, awful place. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember saying that in Spanish it means uh, El Paso or, or something, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It was a horrible town. And um, I just started ragging on the town. And I did that for like, th- and it went great. People, I was like, oh, I can be a real comic. I can comment on our, on our common experience. People loved it. Right. And then afterwards, they get off the stage and the cruise director's like giving me the finger. Come over here, not the middle finger, but... The come hither finger. Come, yes, come over here and talk to me. And we walked down to the bottom of the ship and he gave me a stern talking to about how I had said, uh, he said, I got called three times by the hotel director and I came and watched the last 10 minutes. And in those 10 minutes, I saw three things that were objectionable that you said. And I just, you know, apologized up and down. And I told my wife later, I said, I knew I was laying it on a little thick when I told him that I was mortified. <laughs> like, I was, you said that? Yeah, I said, I'm, I'm mortified that you like, I'm like, I'm a woman from the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of have like when you want the gig that bad. Sure. Because you need the money. Right. Uh, there is that element of this is, you know. I, I don't want to screw up. Sure. Right. And they have all the, if the audience has all the power, it's it's a tough gig. And then you figure out, as long as you don't really piss anybody off or just make them laugh, you know, then, then you'll be fine for the most part. You hear the horror stories about how one woman had a son who had this condition that right, you talked right. about. But for the most part, if they're laughing, you're going to be fine. But it I, only takes one complaint, though. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine who will probably come on and tell the story <laughs> just caught, caught the cruise director in like a bad mood one night. Oh. And that was it. Now he doesn't work that line anymore. Really? <coughs> she complained about him. Wow. Yeah. And That's... I hooked him up with that gig. Now that I think about it. And isn't the truth <laughs> is like a lot of those cruise directors who get pissy are kind of in training comics like they really want to be comics. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of them are because they really, so they kind of feel that sense of resentment because, mm-hmm. you know, they want to be funny. They want to be kind of that goofy over the top person, but they can't be. And, you know, I know a couple guys that do cruises and I mean, they really don't like them, but they do it because the money's great. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you can make three grand, thirty five hundred for a week, and not have to fly to the Funny Bone and make six hundred and stay in a condo and worry about selling a ton of merch to right. make up for the airfare, and not pay for your flight 
and we, get all the miles sure. and go to these nice locations, which do wear thin after a little while. But at the beginning, it sounds great. Yeah, which is crazy because if you like talk to any of my friends who are living in Michigan, who work for the automotive company, mm-hmm. who are in closed doors for 10 hours a day, and, and you're complaining about, oh, wow, I had to go to Cozumel for a week. They'd be like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Like, right. I mean, like, what do you mean? Like, but they don't understand, like, the bigger picture of, you know, what it entails to do those shows and how they really, they, they're kind of a, a mind screw. You know what I mean? Even with warm up gigs, you know, you'll get these calls to do these audience warm up gigs and be like, you know, the money seems good for like all day, but like they're just really shit gigs. Yeah. You know, just like people beating on you for eight, nine hours where it's ridiculous. But at least you do warm up gigs for audiences who want to be there. Now I do. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I did when I did it, it was all paid audiences and it was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was all wannabe actors of just course. making fifty bucks to sit in the and I got it down to a science. This is how I did every. This is my warm up uh, routine right here. Ready? What's up, guys? I'm Murray. I'm going to be uh, warming you up, guys, today. Listen, yesterday we got out of here at 4.30. If you laugh when I say laugh, if you clap when I say clap, and if you boo when I say boo, we can get out of here by 4. Who's with me? Let's do it. That's all I did. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's And then the director would come down. What's going on with the audience? What's going on with the audience? I'm like, everybody, yeah. I do. Boo. I was like, all right. They're great. They're ready. That's all they want to hear is how soon. I mean, it, it was interesting. I, 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 you're just doing these shows like where the minute they yell cut and there's there, there's no filming, all these books pop up. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's everybody's books pop up, and it's like, guys, if you're gonna read a book, like, why not a book on motivation or something like that, or like yeah. a book about balancing your mind? Like these people, they're literally. It's not out of work actors. It's bottom of the barrel of it, the out of work. It's a lot of people and and people that when I used to work at Carson Daly back in like 2004, mm-hmm. like I run into some of these people at other shows that I, I'm doing now. And it's like, they're like, hey, Gary, Gary. It's like, dude, I fly under the radar right now. And <laughs> it, when, it, when I was at Carson Daly, I remember, I'll never forget this, was at Carson Daly for four years. I used to pass out T-shirts at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. There was a woman who stood up at the very end of the warm-up. She's like, I got to tell you, I've been coming to this show for four years and you've not once given me a T-shirt. And I was like, boy, <laughs> I don't look like the asshole here. You do. <laughs> really? You're, you're going on about being here for four like. I'm getting paid here. And right. like, believe me, there's times I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just like, it, it's, it was so funny how she was just like, you've never given me a t-shirt. It's like, you really want a 75 cent last call with Carson. Day. Like that will change your world. You I want to see that woman's diary. where like, still no t-shirt. <laughs> three years of fucking Four Gary. Years, Gary still, show 221. I still, still haven't no gotten t-shirt. it. Guest was pretty good. I, <laughs> I sat through all the shows. It's amazing. I had, I had a paid audience member borrow money from me or tried to borrow money oh, from really? me. Oh, it goes on and on. I mean, really? it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because now you get to these shows where when it's great, it's great. You know, mm-hmm. because they're all rabid fans and they're to see a show. But you know, sometimes you get these shows as all paid people, yeah. and the the director and the executive producers never think it's the content that's bad. Oh no, obviously yeah. the content is absolutely great. These four women talking about changing a baby's diaper. This is gold. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be you know amazing. I can't believe the audience isn't going crazy. Like it's an Ellen audience. Right. It's like yeah. Well, why don't you guys reevaluate what you're doing here? You know what I mean? Like I'll take responsibility for this a little bit, but. Pay people are the worst. Yeah, well, it's yeah. funny. I was just talking to a guy who lost his warm-up gig. It was his first warm-up gig, and uh, and he was really down and out about it. I'm like, look, man, I've worked in TV a long time. When uh, show's in trouble, the first guy to go is the audience warm-up Of guy. course. <laughs> it's the audience. Right. Well, they said he's obviously not warming these guys up. Get rid of them. Let's get a new guy in here. 
it's, and it's, that's that's always the first sign to the the fall of the show. And sure enough, that show was canceled like four weeks later. Was it really? Man. It, it's funny. I remember doing Craig Ferguson like early on. I was I started with Kilborn, moved to Ferguson, and like maybe first couple weeks working at Ferguson, uh, audience was bad. Mm-hmm. The monologue just died. Yeah. It died really bad. And I remember he pulled me, and I had friends in the audience, and he pulled me aside. He waved to me, just kind of like that cruise director did, and waved to me, and I, I, I went around the corner, and just, he was bitching and bitching and oh, bitching. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember being so shaken up, and, you know, the, this audience stinks, and of course, it's not the writers who are making 100 grand. I mean, the, right, uh, right. obviously, this monologue is, is brilliant, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, obviously, another Chloe uh, Kardashian joke is killing. It's just, it's never them. It's yeah, never, yeah. it's the audience stinks, and, you know, it's it's on you. And I'll never forget the stage manager who I, you know, owed a lot to at the time, pulled me away and he said, I'll take care of it. So, and there's no worse feeling than having to go back around the corner, right? Seeing your friends in this audience and be like, hey guys, listen, you guys are great, but we're going to need a little more. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, yeah. they could tell that you've just had the shit kicked out. They know you still have, you still have a tear coming down. Yeah, your yeah, eye. They know something <laughs> has happened and it's so hard to be like, guys, you're doing great, but if we just kick it up a little bit, you know what I mean? It's just like. At that point, like it's done. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. just, it, it's really, you know, I will say this about Carson Daly, despite some shows that were really rough and a lot of paid audience members and just brutal crowds, he never said a word, never cared, didn't give a shit, super chill. You know what I mean? It just, you know, and it was funny because one time he did something in the audience where he, he threw to a band. He was standing up in the audience. He's like, oh man, he's like, look at this audience. He's like, um, can I sit up here and make $14? Like he really was, it was really funny. <laughs> right, you know, right, right. Like, it was really this human side of like, oh yeah, he knows what's going on. Sure. Because these, some of these shows, they don't want to tell the they, host that yeah, there's paid people These are your there. fans. These oh, are yeah. real rabid fans yeah. that you've seen like eight weeks in a row. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, no, no, these guys were here, you know, it's, hmm, it's, they're here for the bagel and the 50 bucks. <laughs> Well, you get the bagel. Where do you, where do you get that? Sometimes you get <laughs> sometimes you get a bagel. I don't know. So, have you guys done? Uh, you were talking military tours earlier. Do you guys ever do any together? No, no, no. no. You've done a bunch, right? I've done I've done a, a few to Iraq and a few to Afghanistan. Yeah. And you those... ever gone over to warm up uh, the guys in Kabul? I <laughs> I did one USO tour back in 2010 when Scott Kennedy was doing that. Oh, right. And I did it with Scott Kennedy and uh, Julia Lillis. Do you know who Julia, know Julia is? Do you know Julia? I don't. Julia's great. It, it, was, it was so funny because at the time, Julia had a boyfriend. I had a girlfriend. And uh, like uh, Julia and I were spending a lot of time together because you're obviously flying for a long time. You're on these bases, a lot of downtime walking around the base and I was like I hit like we were, we were literally I've never told this story we were literally walking around like late at night you're on a weird sleep schedule and we're walking to like a Starbucks and we were doing some work together oh so you're in the heat of it yeah in the heat yeah, of yeah. the military zone yeah, military. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, right at the <laughs> Starbucks all they had was decaf it was hell it was hell <laughs> couldn't believe it uh, and we were just walking and I, I remember thinking like I think this is how people who work on movies together fall in love because you know, you're spending so much time together and you're with this person all the time and I was like boy oh boy I'm really attracted to her I was like I know she's got a boyfriend I got a girlfriend but like Maybe there's a chance that we could possibly right. hook up and nobody will say a word. And on meanwhile, probably she's repulsed by me. But like, right. it's so funny. Like, like you just you get close to somebody for like ten days. Oh yeah, and it was just great. And I don't know what you're. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I made love to Steve Mazon <laughs> <laughs> coming out of that porta potty. Um, I I mean, for me, like you know. That to me, I think that military tour for me personally was like one of the best things I've ever done as a comic. I yeah, mean, it really. I mean, <clears throat> did it? I mean, for me, it just changed my. It was amazing. 
It's great. It was it was uh, it was cool. You you uh, I did them in Europe too, and those shows were terrible because those are like country clubs. Oh really? So like, were we going to go to the bar for the comedy show? Are we going to go to the movie theater? Are we going to go to the golf course? I mean, they, those right. people are pretty set up. Was there. it a, so? There was a, a base then, right? Like bases all. Base? We have bases in every name of country. We got oh, yeah. three bases there, um, and we got to see a lot of places. Um, but the shows in Iraq and Afghanistan. We went to Afghanistan, and I think that was like two years ago, and that was cool. And I had a I had a kid at that mm-hmm. point, so it was extra scary. And there were three different times that shows got stopped in the middle of the show because the bomb sirens oh, really? go off. So you're on stage telling a joke and everyone either lies, yeah, they go flat on the floor for a minute and then they stand up and everyone runs. <laughs> and, you know, they kind of tell you what it's going to look like on stage, but you don't really know. And then so there's they two guys you? tackling you. Yeah, they, they say, because they know. They're like, usually about two o'clock we get, we get bombed in this space. Because you fly a helicopter on, and they're like, well, what's, what's showtime? We're going to do about one thirty, <laughs> <laughs> And you're thinking, well, maybe they're just trying to scare us. Maybe they're trying to mess with us, because they sure. get off on that, too. But sure enough, at one you you're in the bunker. Wow. Um, I was on a, one uh, with Maison, where something like that happened in Iraq, and the walls were, like, falling in. Really? Just from the, um, is it the percussion? Is that the right word? Where the bombs go off? Concussion? And then the... In case anyone didn't know, I was talking about a bomb. Percussion and concussion. Get that on the soundboard there. <laughs> but um, uh, what happened is they is a mortar hit the ammo dump, mm-hmm. and so where all their explosive are explosives are started to blow up mm-hmm. for six hours. Jeez. And so you're you're just kind of sitting there in a building, and it's a solid building, but walls kind of came in, and mm-hmm. and windows fell. This guy who didn't really know what he was doing told us to gather under a window. And then, like, a couple minutes later, when it quieted down, we moved. And then right after that, this air conditioning unit just came down right where we would have been. Is that I, the, is that I'm the not a military strategist, <laughs> but I can pick about two or three things wrong with that story. <laughs> a, I know not to get under a window. Right? Uh-huh, right, B, right. if you're getting bombed every day at the same time, that's our fault. That's right, not theirs. Yeah. We right, should have right, been right, able to do right. something about that. We should, know, that. That we should know something about that. Or, or more so, maybe schedule the show for a different time. Yeah, and then right? maybe schedule the show for 4 o'clock. <laughs> Is that the one that Steve has a video of? Like, Steve has a video. I shot that, that video. Of you the, did? That's yeah. in his movie, right? That's of, of us walking away from right. the ammo dump blowing up. And you can really? see it. Yeah. Loud, loud explosion. The ground shakes. All the... Uh, Indian workers go running by in their pajamas and flip-flops because they were down near that area. Um, it's pretty scary. I got scared later when I felt like these guys don't really know what they're doing. Like right. our liaison was an army guy, and he'd been in the army for 23 years. He'd been in the army band <laughs> for 23 years. No land. Really? No lie. He was like a, he was like a banjo player or something. Right. It's right. the wrong instrument, but he was some kind of like... <laughs> He he was literally in the in the uh, in the I army like to, band. I like to think he played the banjo. And he had another band. six weeks or two mm. months before he got out. And this was one of his last gigs. Was leading us around. Oh, it'll be easy. Um, and then Afghanistan. There were three things like that. No, nothing was as bad as that Iraq one. But the coolest part was putting on these impromptu shows in rooms that were like the big, as big as an office. Mm-hmm. Like we, the helicopter pilot said, hey, we never get to see a show. We take you guys to a show. And we had a day off. So we just went over and gathered them all up in a room and did comedy without a mic, just For like them. comedy in the round. Yeah. And it was the funnest show. Because oh, awesome. mm-hmm. you can't do like 
it's not like a regular show. It's you, you got to break away from just doing material uh-huh. for the most part. And you just go around and it's, it's crowd work. I mean, you're just talking right, sure. to each and every person and making it work. And that was, that was, the, that was probably the, the best show I had. Not only because they, they don't ever get to see the shows, but it was just so different and so challenging for, for all of and us. How many yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, how many, what, what was the maybe, total? maybe 20 in the room. Yeah. But the audience wasn't much further than you guys. And these guys are about a foot They're and a right half away from me. Mm-hmm. Just right there and Gary's everywhere you lap. turn. <laughs> <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> it's okay, Gary. Whenever okay. I talk, they're making out. I'm just choosing not to acknowledge it. <laughs> but don't you think it makes all the difference who you go? I mean, like I said, I've only done one. and But I mean, it really is is more fun if you're with. A group of buddies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who would you do yours with? The last one I just did with Steve Maison, uh, James P. Conley. Oh, you, yeah. you guys have the same voice, I've noticed. You have a very similar he's, voice. Yeah, Conley, I think he's he's up a couple notches. I'm, a, I'm like a Conley Jr. Yeah. In the <laughs> <laughs> training, training to be Conley. And uh, Maison, Conley. Oh, and Danny Viapondo. Okay. I, I still remember that one joke that uh, James P. Conley did from years ago. I don't know if I saw it on a TV show or like... Uh, I don't know if he still does it. He's like, when I have sex with a woman, and believe me, one day I will. <laughs> I don't know if he still does that joke, but it's really. I, so I heard him. I heard him on Sirius XM the other day, and he's like the most played comic on Sirius XM. But one joke when I pulled up in the front of the, my uh, house, I fucking laughed so hard. I'm yeah. like, I got to text this guy tomorrow, and yeah. I forgot what it is. <laughs> but it made me laugh so and I never like most of the time I listen to uh, I get played a lot on blue collar so I listen to that uh-huh. and most of the time I'm just like click 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 but he was it made me and I sat out in front of my house laughing yeah like midnight or something and I can't remember what the joke was so funny but you become that audience member it's like yeah you're the guy that does that you do that one thing <laughs> right, right. Set, or you give credit to another guy right? oh like, I did that oh yeah no that was the other guy that was yeah. his joke I did that to Jay Larson, and he's a friend of mine. I'm like, yeah. dude, that bit you did about fucking <laughs> the ghost in the bathroom. He's like, yeah, that wasn't me, bro. <laughs> there was one time with Al Madrigal. He ran a bit by me, and uh, uh, I started laughing. I was kind of like courtesy laughing at it because I think it was. A, he's like, you really like that joke? And I was like, yeah, I think it's great. He's like, you can have it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think he was just testing. He's like, you can take it. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> that Jay Larson joke that he does about getting the wrong phone number. You know, the guy... Uh, oh, that bit he did on Conan? Yeah. Doesn't he get a call from like, uh, is this Larry from this, the CEO? Yeah, yeah. I love that bit. Yeah, yeah. He, it's a whole... He did that on uh, on Conan. I think it's it was Conan. a whole six-minute, five-minute bit. It's yeah. hilarious. Some it, wrong number is really funny. Jay's great. Jay lives like two blocks from here. Oh, he does? Yeah, he just had a... Do you know Jay Larson? I do know Jay Larson, but I haven't yeah, seen Jay him Larson. in years. He's Jay Larson's right in this neighborhood. He's got like an eight-month-old kid. Get out of here. Yeah. And he's from Boston. I don't know why you would name him Carl. If you're from Boston, Kyle, Kyle, of course you are. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Lawson. No, I don't know what his kid's name is. <laughs> but he's got that uh, new show that seems to be doing pretty well. Yeah, the bar him, show. him and uh, who's the other dude on there? I don't know. It's a comic. I don't know, but uh, it's yeah, it's like best bars in America or something. Yeah, so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I travel around getting that. drunk. Yeah, it looks great. That's not bad. That's, that's I would do that for free. Yeah, well, we do do that. We're <laughs> stand, <laughs> that's true. We're Except in Vegas, where you got to beg for drinks. Yeah, I know. No, here's the trick to drinking in Vegas, man. You just put your twenty dollar in the video yeah, the poker machine, machine, and they're good with it. And they're good with it. Don't play it, right? And just cash out and leave with right. the drink. Really? That is true. They they will kind of ignore it. They they just. They just have to make it look like they have to cover their asses. Yes, they have to cover their asses. Yes, absolutely. Everybody said that. Yeah, that's a true story. And it's five bucks. Yeah, it's a minimum of five bucks. Mm. You had to put at least five bucks in before they'll get a free drink. Right. It's not bad. No, it's not. And what do you? You just sit there and just pretend to play. Yeah, or just sit there and nurse your drink. Yeah. Okay. You know. 
Yeah, it is amazing. You figure what's a, like uh, middle America people are going to be like five bucks for a beer. Are you kidding me? That's five beers. But when you live in Los Angeles or New York or you go to Las Vegas, you're paying six, seven, eight bucks for a beer. Right. So five bucks, even if you lose it in the machine, you mm-hmm. know, it's a better gamble than giving five bucks to the bartender that you know you're not going to get back. And in and, and uh, Vegas, this the is r- Murray justifying my alcoholism <laughs> and gambling addiction. There's, there's another and way. And they just shut the Riv, too. The Riv closed, right? Yeah, the, they imploded the Riviera. It's done? I, I think knew they it imploded. closed. I didn't know if they imploded it or not. I could be thinking of Hollywood Park Raceway, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's very similar. Yeah, they're very close. <laughs> It's only about six hours difference in a completely shape and two yeah, different businesses. Totally different buildings, yeah. <laughs> yet yet they, they, they closed the rib, but yet the Circus Circus is still running strong. Circus Circus and Treasure Island, isn't it? Uh, well, so Treasure Island is more in the middle, kind of by the, uh, the improv, yeah. by the Harris. Circus Circus. People love Circus Circus. They I do. don't think I've ever even stepped foot in there. It's cheap. Like The, the rooms there are like $18 a night. Still. Still. Oh, wow. They're cheap. They really are. They really are. I don't know where the because I mean the Riv was home of the ugly people. I mean that's yeah. where all the ugly people. So they must have to cross the street. Russ Reeves worked there a lot. Russ yeah, he Reed did. Speaking of ugly, he did. He, worked, he brought his gun to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> he worked at the Riv. I worked with Russ Reeves. Every once in a while, I get a text from him. I haven't seen yeah. him in I don't know ten years, man. But <clears throat> we worked somewhere together, and I was middling, and he was headlining, and I didn't have a car, and he had a car, and he's like, "You can use my car anytime you want, as long as you drive me home after the show." So he could just get tanked. Oh, nice. All right. And I'm like, bottoms up, dude. Responsible. Bottoms that's the, up. Uh, that's the Doug James rule, isn't it? If you yeah. if you want to do his show in either <laughs> San well, Clemente. I, it's slightly different. If you want to do his show <laughs> or if you get that call. And, and if you, you get the call at 4 free. o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the call at 4 I, I remember he called me. Have you ever done that Doug James room? I, I've done it. He's had a couple different rooms, hasn't he? He's, well, that, he's got two long running ones, and then stuff pops up periodically. Okay. I drove well, I drove three hours into Nevada with him once. Oh, really? Did? Yeah, did a show. It's me and Tim O'Rourke. Tim O'Rourke, the bigger guy. Yeah, from yeah. Uh, Drew Carey. Yeah, many and, years and, ago. And Doug James. It was all, all three of you guys. in my '97 Honda Civic. Really? Yeah, paid for. <laughs> No, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so From, that's funny because Doug's been running literally that show in Huntington Beach that Doug's been doing has been going. That's on. the one. What's it called? Gallagher's. Gallagher's. Gallagher's right and then he's got the one in San Clemente. Yes, there's Which another I still one. Still do. It's you're in town. Make yeah. no bucks. Get out of the house. Get out. Like you, you know, were that's talking all about. I want to do. Get out of the house. Get out of the house. And then you sign at the end of the night. You sign the napkin, which is the uh, very proof cl- positive that he paid you. Very cloak and dagger. He and takes he hands you, it to you into the alleyway. <laughs> yeah. Signs it, tells you how great he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good guy, though. He's Often. a nice guy, absolutely. He sets up the show great. What's the farthest you've ever driven for a gig? Uh, probably up north of San Francisco, but like I, they they sell it as north of San Francisco, but it's like another two hours. Like and I was Redlands talking about this, maybe. Uh, I don't know that area that well, but okay. you go. Up you past kinda? it, and then you're maybe, and you it's like two hours of cutbacks. In a mountain. (laughs) So you're seasick by the end of that, you know? Like, probably distance-wise, it's not that far, but you have there's so many cutbacks. And I I literally felt a little sick at the end of that drive. It's probably seven, eight hours. I used to drive to Reno. That's eight. Reno's eight? I've only flown to Reno. I drove back from Reno I used to do Reno a lot. Reno's a... Circus Circus in Reno. Oh, <laughs> classy! <That's, laughs> oh, now you're bragging. Now you're bragging. As compared to the circus, circus in Beverly Hills, <laughs> which is beautiful. There is there's no other description for Reno than just 
that shit That's hole. Sad. Oh, That's I, sad. Oh, I did. It's just three. I'm going to take a stance here. I think oh, really? Reno, Reno <clears throat> underrated town. Doesn't, Controversy. Doesn't put on all the uh, the pomp and circumstance of Vegas. Doesn't pretend to be this big. I mean, it's, it's right there in the title. The biggest little city in the world. We know we don't mean shit. Right. But we have fun. You come in, you hang out, you can play cards, you can gamble. There's comedy, there's there's golf, there's strip clubs, there's skiing not far away. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? Like the the you, you're the the people aren't as attractive in Reno. <laughs> Wait, you like is that Laughlin? the problem? Do you like Laughlin? Because that's almost very no, no. Reno's together. Reno, Reno's much nicer than Laughlin. Oh, I, oh, I would that. put Reno under Laughlin. Under Laughlin yeah. with that strip along the river, just the that. One little thing, and there's biker shootouts in the yeah. in the very hotel Let where we you, perform. The, my favorite thing I've ever overheard was at Laughlin. I get every, I, when I get off uh, stage, I go, I, I call my wife I immediately. Call my wife, and uh, I get off stage. I walk outside to get a signal, and these group of guys come out. One guy's holding his head, and he <laughs> goes, "Look, if you don't like the casino, just tell me next time. You don't have to punch me in the face." <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> Greatest quote I've ever ever. <laughs> ever heard in my life. They were that upset that they were punching each other yeah, over yeah. the casino choice. Yeah. The casino choice punched the guy in the I face. remember I was, I was flying to from LA to Reno and I was flying to up there because I was doing Tahoe so you take the shuttle over mm-hmm. and I remember the guy <laughs> I was sitting next to was from Reno and he's like, man, he's like, I don't know how you do it here in LA. He's like, it's so uh, expensive here. He's like, in Reno, I bought my house for like 75 grand. It's so cheap. It's like, yeah, there's a reason for it. Like yeah. we, we had that figured out. Like, you know, if they could get 500 grand for your house, they would charge that. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, your mailing address is Reno. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that there's a reason for that. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you defend that city. I, you, it, I will, before it's you got a nice it, little river going through it. It puts on no airs. It doesn't pretend to be bigger. And that one casino in the middle with the three casinos all come together. Yeah, yeah. Where the catch rising star is? Well, yeah, where the catch was. Yeah, yeah, that building's fine. You don't have to go outside and see anything. It's Reno. What, are you going to go outside in Vegas and just bake to death? We were just talking about how you never leave the hotel in right. Vegas anyway. What's the difference? A little more smoky in Reno. <laughs> Drake must have a timeshare in Reno that he's trying I know, to sell. Seriously, us. yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't. I don't think it's doing particularly well there. But but the difference between Vegas and Reno is the most oversold thing in the world. I don't know. Quality of acts. We're not going to the shows anyway. Who are you going to see? You're going to go see uh, what are the Lions and Tigers guys? What are the Siegfried Roy? <laughs> they don't have those. They're, they're not in Reno. We're not going <laughs> to the shows anyway. I, I don't know. If they're not in Vegas anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Blue Man Group in Reno, right? I'm not Just going to that guy. show. <laughs> it's the Blue a, Man. The, the Blue Man. <laughs> <laughs> Wind from Earth, Wind and Fire. He's just there at a casino. <laughs> He's the house. Ladies and gentlemen, you Please love Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Please welcome to the stage, Palmer. <laughs> a special announcement: uh, playing for Palmer tonight will be. Yeah. <laughs> let's go, let's go see Tanio from Captain and Tanio. This should be a great show. Last time I was in Reno, the old manager, a guy named Christian, a great guy, doesn't work there anymore. Uh, took a, me and this other comic out to the bar, out to a bar outside of the oh, three right. casinos. And he's like, I got to go. My girlfriend called. I got to get out of here. So how you walk home is walk that way and take your third left. Don't take your first or second left because you'll get shot or beat up. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. So third left. Write that down. Third <laughs> left. Don't forget that. In Reno. In Reno. You ever, you ever done the uh, improv in Miami, the old one? It's now closed. Yeah, it's but closed it's, now. Yeah, it was in Coconut Grove. Uh-huh. And it was just funny. They used to have a thing where you know, the, the, the club itself was in kind of like this little complex, which would be, you know, restaurants and shopping and all that movie theater. And literally they would tell you, hey, uh, don't walk past the CVS um, after six o'clock because it gets really rough around there. And you're like, 
I can see the CVS from right here. It's not like the CVS is in a distance or three miles away. Like if you look out from the TGI Fridays, you can see the CVS and you're like, you're telling me do not go beyond that. And they're like, yeah, it was like, it's, it's so weird. Like how some of these neighborhoods are just bizarre. It's like shark infested waters, man. Don't swim out past the sandbar. Don't do it. So did you confirm it? Because that I think that's part of the comic mind. We like they can't mean it. I mean, we have to go. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Say, they're just saying that to cover their ass. <laughs> no, I'm a pussy. I wouldn't. Yeah, go I, see what's going. I mean, what could yeah. possibly be going on at the CVS? Right, right, right. Where you can see it, it's that. I mean, it did turn. <laughs> it freaked Gary out. He doesn't even go to the CVS in Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> I have assistants that go for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got a buzz from my wife. It's no big deal. I got a new camera on my phone that we can watch my kids sleep. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Good. Like that's hooked up in the room, right? It's hooked up in the room. So if you, like, when during your story, I was looking at my phone, I wasn't checking my text. I was making sure my kid was sleeping. Right. So you know, you, you know, you're telling a riveting tale when someone's <laughs> preferring to watch his child yeah. sleep. Listen, good, good stuff, but my kid yeah. just my kid just rolled over. <laughs> you know, you know, you know your peak and interest right there. Yeah. What do you want to take your? Have you thought about taking your kids on a cruise for the show? Uh, no, I. I mean, they're at this age. I got a three year old and a and a four month old. Right. So they're not going to be... I mean, the three-year-old would love it, but you'd have to watch him all yeah. the time. And then you have to... You, when you work the cruise, you work underneath in those rooms where there's no windows. It's so tiny. I mean, it's yeah. barely enough for, for you. Um, I, I've never even thought about wanting yeah. to bring my family. Because then, then you're giving back all your money, too. That's true, too. Yeah, absolutely. I thought about maybe flying my wife and kid out. Because this is my, Vegas this week is my last road gig for the summer because I'm going to be taking care of my kid again while my wife goes back to work. So I thought about flying him out. But my wife's like, I hate Vegas. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I've been there. We're not going. Right. Like, All right. You know, right. You know what? You know what, Marie? Reno. <laughs> <laughs> A day trip. <laughs> She's actually worked in Reno, so she's no way she's setting fucking foot on stage. There are towns. You know what? Another Cleveland. Cleveland, the most one of the most shit upon towns in the in the you world. Like yes, not really? bad at all. Cleveland, wow. great downtown. That whole fourth Fourth Street thing. Sure, they that's got, nice. They got the Sixth Street over. Well, where? How long? You're not going to live there. I'm just right. talking about going there, work for the week. You go to the bars on uh, what's the? It may be Sixth Street. I might be making that up. That could, that's Austin. Sixth Street's also fourth. Austin. Well, Fourth is is where the where the new comedy club yeah. Pickwick is. Mm-hmm. Not right. the new one, but. But before they moved, they had a location that was down, and there's a bunch of bars down there. You go in, everyone knows each other. It's like a party down there. It's great. Who you get the Rock Hall of Fame. You <laughs> got the stadium. You got, I mean, there's stuff to do for, for a week. One of my, somebody was on this show bitching about Cleveland, and uh, I'm a big rock and roller, and I'm like, oh, you, you, know, you could have gone to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's like, I asked people, what is there to do in Cleveland? And everybody said nothing. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there, and nobody mentioned it. Because <laughs> yeah. apparently wow. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a shithole also. It's it's fine. I mean, for a museum, it's fine. You go right. If you want to look at, I mean, what do you expect? If you go see Mick Jagger's jacket, <laughs> right. that's what you're into. <laughs> it's great. It's there. They got it. Reno's got Palmer's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> in their Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sitting and there. And just Palmer's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it's a members-only jacket. <laughs> Next. Although Reno does have the uh, uh, the um, bowling hall of fame, they do. Yeah, they it have does. the bowling hall I've of fame. Been in there the, too. In Phenomenal the, in the giant bowling stadium. I oh, love I it. That? I had my picture taken in a golf cart with a giant bowling pin on the back. 
Really? Yes, of course. Do you think you would ever move up there? I mean, you sound very excited about no, it. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> you it's beyond that. I wouldn't. I would never move Summer there. Summer home. But like, what are we bragging about? We live in the desert here, right? Yeah. We're out of water. What next week? <laughs> it's close. Yeah, you know, yeah. How, how bad does Reno look then? By the time this drops, we'll be yeah. out of water. <laughs> I'll go. So maybe. Yeah. We could um, all be laughing right now, Drake, but we could be joining you. The, yeah. But it's this, but when you compare it to Vegas, like Vegas is this amazing place, and Reno is awful. That's what I don't see. They're both kind of shitholes. I am not saying I don't. I do not like Vegas. I don't. I don't. Vegas is two days tops. I mean, right. and I and like I don't. I don't party anymore, and I don't gamble. I play poker, but I don't gamble. I don't fucking go out and get loaded and hit the clubs and all that. So, drinking, gambling, and uh, strip clubs—that's all there is to do there. Mm-hmm. I don't do two of those, so I'm pretty much bored. And we talked about this too because because <laughs> that week is so long in Vegas, Tuesday through Sunday. Two and a half, one and a half. I don't do one and a half. <laughs> that that you know, like by Thursday or Friday, you're ready to get out. Of there. Oh, fuck like you have yeah. to power through it and just kind of put on the game face and be like, ugh. I just got to get out. You know what I mean? You feel when you're driving home, there's that sense of the release from prison. Yeah. It really does. I mean, I do like Vegas. I mean, performing there, you know, a couple times. It's it's fun. Oh, I like, yeah. Yeah. That's the best part. That's the best part of it. I go every year for March Madness the first week. You do? And I love that. It's two days. I go and it's it's great, but it's enough. I also golf too, so that's fine during the day. You're not trapped inside all the time. Oh, yeah. I love that. Hey, free golf in August. That's great. It's 112 degrees. You're right. a pile of ashes by the second hole. Yeah. <laughs> no, I never take it. Why, not, why don't you go up to Reno for March Madness? They don't have TVs up there? No direct TV? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's eight <laughs> hours. It's eight hours. And that's where that's where I came up with this argument. My buddies used to come see me in Reno and bitch about it the right. whole time. Like, what is the difference? We have all the same stuff. It's just slightly... It's like a triple A version of Vegas. Uh-huh. Not quite as good. Cheaper. Yeah, Vegas or Reno's definitely cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Everything across the board. Where it's do you just, stay when you're in Vegas? Where do you where do you stay? Wherever there's a deal. Yeah. Uh la, where did we stay last time? One of the Italian ones, the uh Don't shit on the my Venetian people. Don't the, shit on my people. Uh <laughs> you know those nothing those worse than a I wanted to just make sure the we covered this. Nothing worse than a goddamn Italian. Okay, back <laughs> You stay at the Tuscany. <laughs> Uh, it sounds Palacio, Venetian, Venetian, but connected to the Venetian. The Palazzo. <laughs> the Palazzo. Palazzo. That's a great hotel. I don't think I've ever seen the Palazzo. <laughs> the Absolutely Wap. love it. The w- <laughs> hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Right? <laughs> That's remember that <laughs> from yeah, yeah. Uh, Naked Gun. <laughs> Naked Gun. He's sitting in those seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were sitting in the queen seats. Those two bums. <laughs> that was such a great scene. <laughs> I like. I am. Uh, Friend of the show, Dennis Blair. You guys know Dennis Blair? No, yeah. I, I yeah, know the yeah. name. He, used to, he was Carlin's opener for 20 oh, wow. years yeah, yeah. or whatever. I think I worked with him in... Oh, I wish it was Reno, but it may not have been. No, okay. No, it could have been. You could have just sold was, that one. I feel it. Yeah, I could have. Like, who was going to fact check that? Who was going right. to go through my old logs? <laughs> it would say under your YouTube clip, this guy bombed. <laughs> <laughs> and he never worked with Dennis Blair. <laughs> Dennis, not only a, a, a talented comedian, also a talented musician. So he has, when he's not doing stand-up, he has a Friday night and Saturday night show where the, he plays in a band at a bar, like on the other side of the hotel of the improv. So I go over there on Friday nights and just watch him play music. Oh, oh wow! Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's great. He never asked me to get up and play. No, there's well. a guitar over there. Do you play? You see that, yeah. you see that guitar? That's not hanging on the wall, buddy. I that is a that. used guitar. Look at that. It looks well worn. Oh yeah. You still see the packaging. <laughs> <laughs> that is the packaging. <laughs> do you do you play? Do you? Oh you? yeah, I play guitar fairly well. Okay, 
And you just can't get, can't, Blair won't put in a word for you? With he that? hasn't said shit. He hasn't bothered Are asking. Are you asking? Is this like a, hey, I, I want to. No, no, I don't ask. He should know. <laughs> he should at this point. Yeah, he yeah. should know. I'm, I'm pulling. I'm pulling like in a marriage thing on him. He should ask. He should know. Sure, absolutely. He should know how I feel year, about playing guitar. I'm year kidding. eighteen. Dennis Blair has still not asked me. <laughs> <laughs> still waiting, Mr. Blair. Still waiting. A lot of you know we, we kind of shit on Vegas, but a lot of the older comics have moved to Vegas. Yeah, out yeah. to Vegas. It seems like a lot of people are moving there. I don't, yeah. Is it because there's so many shows, or just a cheaper base to head out Maybe on the cheaper road? Cheaper base. Brian Regan lives in Vegas. Yeah, he lives in Henderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely crazy. I mean, I think and it's never cool. gets on stage in Vegas. Never, never. He doesn't want to do it. It's his hometown. He's like, I don't want to do it in my yeah. hometown. I just want to be here as his family. Has his family there, and he he kind of said that the reason he lives there is because you get so much more for your money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's which is you know, and, and he's still close to L.A. Yeah. Although right one thing he will do, he won't get on stage to perform. I think we talked about this on the show. But he will step on the stage just to see what it's like. Really? But yeah. just not... But not get... Like at the end of the show, it's... Uh, which is the club in uh, Bally's? Is that the LA Comedy Club? Yeah, I think so. Kind of overlooks the strip. Yeah, is that the one? Yeah, yeah. But they tear down the stage at the end of the night because it turns into a dance club. And he was... And we were there and he's like, oh, well, well, before you turn, can I just step up on the stage and see what it looks like from up here? He does that. Really? Yeah. Every every club he goes to. Oh, wow. Yeah. If he's not performing, he'll try to just, just stand up there and see what it's like. Not to, again, make this about Reno, but I got a friend a gig up in Reno and I couldn't do it that week. I had a... You know, I had something else come up. Big corporate. Must have Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> that one but, I turned down <laughs> for the world. But okay. this in the in the catch in the in that in that little what is the name of that hotel? The Silver Legacy. Yeah, oh, I was going to say Silver Springs, but I think you're right. Silver and Legacy. Uh, Silver Legacy and Regan went that week, and he was I think he was performing downstairs, and he mm-hmm. came up and hung out at the showroom, and the comics all hung out with him after oh, the great. show for like it's like that's the week I I cancel. Yeah, because I got my. Uh, he does come out. I mean, he'll come out. Like, he came out and hung at the improv one night. And oh, sure. comedy. He wants to go see shows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, we cruised I, in the back of his limo till six in the morning when, uh, when I was in Vegas like two years ago, just drinking and eating Mexican food. Me, Regan, Jimmy Dore, and Brant Tobler. Oh, wow. And oh, just man. got drunk till six in the morning. It was the night. I always say this. It was the night people think comedians have every night. Right. But we never do. Right. Right. Like that happened two and a half years ago. I'm still talking about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, nothing yeah. cool is happening. Stay out. Too. I, yeah. I, I can only tell you, I wasn't even there. I'm going to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will know. Nobody will fact check. <laughs> it, was, it was me and Tobler. Tobler was there. <laughs> it was the night that I opened for Dennis Blair. <laughs> <laughs> Find my YouTube clip. <laughs> it was in Atlanta after that corporate gig. <laughs> and then I'm on stage playing guitar with Blair. God damn it. <laughs> Had damn a glass thrown at me. The owner said, let it go. There's such, a, <laughs> there's such an interesting... Uh, I, and I want to wrap this up, but I don't want to because I'm having a good time. There's such an interesting... Vegas entertainers. Have you ever like really watched Vegas entertainers? Not oh, necessarily the comics, but like the lounge singers and and on all that. They're such an interesting group of people, man. I always go up and watch that Million Dollar Quartet, which is upstairs from the right. Improv. I had lunch with them one time. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Rita Rudner perform once. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she was completely on autopilot. Like, I oh, mean, really? It was one of those things. Like, gunshots could have went off in the back, and she would be like. And my husband, right, just right. like, sweet, did you hear the gunshots? Like, she's not moving at all. You know what I mean? Like, they don't sure. play games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she is in that evening gown and just boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Like, 
that show is probably 70 minutes exactly. Right. So, But it is interesting to kind of see – and it's always funny to go back to Vegas and see where people end up. I remember 10-plus years ago, I was there with, I think, uh, Lonnie Love and somebody else. Mm-hmm. And Lonnie and I went to go see that guy who played – Purple Rain. Who's the Prince cover band? Okay, and he was at one of the casinos, and then I just saw that now he's at the Hilton. Like these guys really just make their way around years and oh, years. Yeah. They flip around the casinos, and I mean, look at Rita Rudner. She was originally at New York, New York, and then went over to the Improv or went over to Harris. Back to like she, they, they, these people flip around all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of wherever they get the best deal. And but, does she just continue? Those those guys, they just work it. Yeah, I mean, like I think like some of those people, like Rita Rudner, probably works like. Eight nights a month, like based on her schedule, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because that's what she wants, you know. But I, from what I understood, and I don't know this to be fact, maybe you know more. But like some people, like don't put like, it on me. Like <laughs> like some people, like they have a deal with, like they rent they, they rent the space uh-huh. from the casino. So what they do is they call they they call it four walling it. So they pay for everything, the promotion, all that stuff, and they pay the casino a certain dollar amount, and then they make the difference. Like like I think like certain like Rita Rudner does sure. that, but then like a guy like Matt King, the magician, like he makes what I, I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Like, I like I, I like how Gary's like you probably know more about this. So we're <laughs> so we're four walling this one, and then we're gonna pull a Gary and a Lucy, and then we're gonna come down, and then Rudner's got the old five to ten racket going. So it's a Wikipedia You probably know page. more about this, uh, Murray. But with anal, uh, do you know? <laughs> Would you happen to be aware? Hey, you uh, my kids on the camera. Oh, that's take it down a notch, will you? <laughs> Bring it down. <laughs> oh, no, my phone died. Oh, that stinks. Uh-oh. Hope my kid's all right. No. Nope. All right, well, I guess that's a sign to wrap these things up. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go make sure my kid's still alive. All right, uh, Gary, where can we find you? Gary, by the way, uh, the new warm-up for Conan. Yeah, which is fun. I've been Conan. there since February. But it's, yeah, it's he had really Pardo fired, douchebag. I, and then, uh, <laughs> I remember when I first started there, too. I remember people like... You pulled like, a Monica Lewinsky. I, I, remember, Monica Lewinsky. I remember people are like, hey, great, great to take away a guy's livelihood. Doesn't he have kids? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, the camera guys and all that were busting my balls. I mean, they, oh, were, right. they were actually just messing with me. But sure. they're like, hey, doesn't that guy have kids? And I was like, oh, guys, man. I didn't, you know... Come in here gunning for this job. I mean, and by the way, Pardo ended up with a great development deal at the oh, yeah. show, and he, you yeah. know, everybody's happy, and you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. So it really was. And Pardo will tell you, like, he was kind of getting burnt out from the job, and you know, he didn't wasn't his passion anymore, mm-hmm. and so he transitioned to a great gig, and it it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, now he's got a great development deal over there now. It's great. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love it. It's it's truly out of all the shitty warm up gigs I've ever had. It's right up there with one of the best. So it's truly just a great gig. Is yeah. still fucking that woman out of a t-shirt? <laughs> After four years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been coming to this show for four years and still not You should have call. that shirt in your pocket just in case she just, shows yeah. up and then lean in and give it to the whoever's sitting right next right to Right next to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or give it to her and say, can you pass this to the person on the right? Yeah, yeah, please. Just pass it over. All right, where can we find you, Gary? Uh, just... um. Uh, my Twitter and all that other stuff is Canon Comedy. Okay, great. Is today Sunday? Sunday. Oh, shit. Okay, this goes up tonight. Crap. All right. I can't do any editing. Okay. <laughs> uh, Drake Witham, where can we find you, sir? You Thanks for being on the me, show, by the uh, way. I am, uh, my website is drakewitham.com, which is down right now. But if you go to my Facebook page, you can find me. You can find Ooh, me on Facebook's down. On YouTube. Uh, I've broken Facebook. <laughs> uh, what am I up to? I'm up to uh, slurring Jimmy Pardo and making sure he goes down further so the cannon can keep getting work. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and add comments to your uh, YouTube clip about seeing you on that cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure people know 
and on, people stalked you and, and found you on that thing. And on Wednesday night, I am at uh, that gig down in uh, Orange County somewhere, Dana Point. Uh, Dana Point Comedy with them. If you look that up, okay. you're in that Google. area. You want to see that? <laughs> Just Google that. What is the name of that? Maison hooked me up with Never that. Done it. It. Yeah. Never done it. I'm Dana in Atlanta. Point. That's my home base. I do a lot of corporates out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over an Atlanta guy. That's my base. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for a lot listening. Hit me up at Murray V on Twitter. Uh, if you want to write a review for the Road Stories podcast, do that on iTunes. That's always awesome. My uh, album, Rusty Cow, is available on iTunes, Amazon, MurrayValeriano.com, all the good stuff. Uh, if you're in Vegas this week, give me a shout. San Diego. Crap. I forgot about this gig. San Diego, Comics on Safari is coming down. A lot of people have asked about when we're going to get to San Diego. We're doing the La Jolla Comedy Store, June 25th. I don't know what kind of promotion they're going to let me do. I've been trying to get down to do radio. I don't know if they're going to let me do it. So I know I got a lot of uh, uh, guys down in San Diego way. Give me a shout. I'll hook you up with tickets. Come on out. This is our first time in San Diego. We really want to pack this place out. Uh, Quicksilver sponsored it. Um, so there will be a lot of giveaways from Quicksilver. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, so come on out. And uh, if you want, I'll, I'll be putting up uh, something on Facebook or something. But if you, you can hit me through my Facebook page or Twitter or, or my website, if you want tickets, let me know. Uh, I'll hook you up. All right, you guys, thank you so much for coming Thanks, out today. Murray. Thank uh, you. That was a blast. Uh, come see these guys when you come to your town. They're very funny. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs and Blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette <laughs> Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow more missing merch and Drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and 